Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 12. I'm drinking Lusome Ligne Aquavit. I create Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur as a way for me to drink more. I really enjoy distilled spirits and the stories behind them. A resolution I've made to myself several years running has been to drink more, and thus a podcast is the perfect way for me to do that. And if you're a first-time listener or been with me from the start, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, also entertaining and consistent in my reviews. So why did I choose Ligna Aquavit for this episode? I read about the spirit somewhere, I can't recall exactly where, and I thought it was one of the books in my growing liquor library, but uh, none seemed to have reference to it, so I must have read about it online. In any case, when I saw the bottle on the shelf in my local liquor store, I knew I had to grab it because it's got a very unique aging process. Before we get to that, we have to taste it. First off though, what is Aquavit? Aquavit is a Scandinavian spirit. It's typically made from a neutral grain or potato-based spirit that's flavored primarily with caraway and then some other herbs. Ligne in particular is Norwegian. I've got a bottle of Ligne Aquavit here, unopened. I bought it just for this episode. It's the standard 750 milliliter. It is 41.5% alcohol by volume, making it 83 proof. So let's go ahead and open this up. I've been looking forward to this. Nice screw cap as expected. Now let's give it a pour. As always, I'm using a nosing glass, which is a tulip-shaped glass that allows the aromas to gather at the top. It's actually the best way to drink Aqua V, as well as in a tulip-shaped glass. The color, it's, it's very light, caramel, tawny, uh, tan color. On the nose, the first thing I catch is the, the smell of rye bread, and this is the caraway coming forward that I know that this Aqua V is made with. I also get a, a good citrusy orange flavor coming through on the nose. Yeah, that's it's very orange peel with rye bread. So let's give it a taste. I'm tasting it neat at room temperature. The flavor, to be honest, is not what I expected. I had read caraway, but I hadn't related to how much this would taste like rye bread. It's very mellow, smooth. Uh, it doesn't taste at all like I'm drinking a 80 plus proof spirit just straight. Um, it's very nice, smooth flavor. Caraway is what comes through for me, just that rye bread. Kind of on the sides of my tongues, I catch a little hint of some vanilla, but surprisingly the orange peel that is a really forward note on the nose, I don't taste at all. I do get a pleasant spiciness and the lingering aftertaste after you swallow it is very nice. It has a, a creamy, smooth mouthfeel as well. The reason I picked up this bottle of Ligne Aquavit was because of the bottle. The bottle very prominently features some sailing ships. It's on the collar of the screw cap. It's pressed into the glass around the shoulder of the bottle, and then prominently on the label there's a three-masted sailing ship with the flag of Norway. And what makes Ligne so unique is emblazoned on the bottle, it says twice across the equator. 
pressed into the glass around the top shoulder of the bottle is the phrase, around the world and twice across the equator in sherry casks. The back label of my particular bottle also features a world map depicting the shipping route that the spirit takes. So that's the big thing about Lina is they actually ship the spirit around the world as part of the aging process. And this Aquavie is named Lina because it crosses the Lina or line or the equator twice. It's also said that the back of the front label, so reading through the glass, would list the sailing dates for the spirit along with the name of the vessel that it sailed on. I think mine may have that near the bottom, but my back label obscures it. So I may have to take the back label off and see if that is still true. It may or may not be the case anymore. So, on to the history. It's said that Lina was born of coincidence, but it may be a more true statement to say that it was more lemonade from lemons. The story starts in 1805 with the Lusome family, who was involved in trading. They shipped some potato aquavit to the East Indies in an attempt to kind of open up new markets there. The East Indies are generally referred to as the islands that make up the country of Indonesia today. But the Lusome family took a bit of a gamble and shipped all this aquavit to the East Indies, and as they say on their website, people were totally uninterested in buying it. So it was essentially rejected and returned to sender. This, however, being a sea voyage, it took some time to return, and it wasn't until 1807 that it had returned to port in Norway. Upon return, they obviously tried it and discovered that the sea voyage was a vast improvement on the taste of the aquavit. So to replicate the taste, they made the determination to repeat the process. And since every drop of Lina aquavit is sent sailing to mature, and in the process it crosses the equator twice. Lina has remained unchanged for more than 200 years, so they say. However, the Lina website says that their aquavit has been using the same recipe since 1821. So what was shipped in 1805 was different than what they started using or producing in 1821. But 1821, 1805, close enough, we'll give them 200 years. I mean, it's almost uh, 2021 at the time of recording this, so give it another year and it will be 200 years. Skip ahead centuries, and as of 2013, they were producing more than 2.5 million bottles of Lina Aquavit every year. I've seen reference that Lina is the Norwegian ambassador of Aquavit, as it appears to be the most widely exported. Lina is currently owned by Arcus, which is Norway's largest wholesaler of wine and liquor. So how do they make Lina? before they ship it. Well, shipping is part of it, but before they get to shipping it all around the world, Lina starts out as a potato-based spirit. They're making it near Oslo, about 10 miles away in a town I will not attempt to pronounce the name of, but it's about 10 miles from Oslo. And you can think of Aquavit as a class of liquor, as like a gin. It basically starts out as vodka, but it's flavored, and Aquavit has a dominant caraway flavor. So Lina starts out with their potato-based spirit, and then and they're adding in to their pot stills, where they do the distillation, a blend of Nordic herbs and spices, notably caraway and star anise. The rest they keep secret, but it's rumored that there's some dill, fennel, and coriander mixed in there. So after distillation, the new spirit is matured and used Spanish Oloroso sherry casks. Maybe it's Oloroso? It's Spanish sherry casks that they're actually handpicking from Spain. The distillers in Norway, 
they go to buy all these kind of used sherry casks. And these casks actually impart a fair amount of the flavor to the spirit. Maturation is a 16-month process. 12 months are in a warehouse in Norway, and the last four months are spent at sea. The first batch back in 1805 would have just been casks strapped to the deck of a sailing ship, but nowadays they're containerized in a big, beautiful blue container that has Linea Aqua V emblazoned on it. So they're loading casks into containers, then they're placed on deck and shipped out to Australia and back along kind of a meandering route so that they get four months at sea. To prove to the world that they actually do ship the spirit around the world, in 2018-2019 they live-streamed four months of the journey of Linea in what they called the Linea Proof. There's some nice replay clips of the voyage on the website, including the ship going through the Panama Canal, getting snowed on, coming into ports, that kind of thing. It's worth checking out in a smart marketing move, I think, to prove that indeed Linea does cross the equator twice, which is their claim to fame. The time at sea is so interesting because there's so many factors factors at play. One would be the constant sloshing of the spirit in the cask. Obviously, on the surface of the sea, the ship will be moving. Second, though, is temperature and humidity fluctuations. When you're crossing the equator, going from very northern climates of Norway down to Australia and across the equator, where it is presumably the hottest, you get a lot of fluctuations. And these fluctuations and the constant movement allows the spirit to interact with the wood. And the wood cask really plays the role. Wood is porous. In hotter temperatures, the cask will lose more water. In colder temperatures and more humid environments, the cask will lose more ethanol from it. The wood also can, though, absorb water from the environment. Uh, They can actually gain water in some instances. So there's a lot to do with the temperature, humidity, and climate of maturation. And the different climates, that's one of the main reasons you have such variation in whiskeys. You'll have whiskeys matured in Scotland that are very different known whiskeys matured in the U.S., for instance. It has so much to do with climate. But for Linea, they say that the oak adds the hints of vanilla. And of course, this is obvious if you understand wood and its use in maturation of distilled spirits. I have to thank Adam Rogers, the author of Proof, the Science of Booze, for his breakdown on the science of aging, which I'm going to paraphrase here. And if you've not read this book, but you like alcohol, it is a fascinating read. Pick it up. It's a available obviously on Amazon but your local bookstore as well I'm sure. So wood is essentially cellulose and hemicellulose which are long chemical chains of glucose molecules and the heat of coopering or barrel making breaks these down into sugars, glucose, hexose, and pentose. The third component of wood though is lignin which is much different. Comparably it's a much larger molecule and its subunits are about 50% vanillin and that is where we get the vanilla flavor from oak. And also at high heat, some of the compounds in lignin can have the same chemical reactions as when you're browning meat, which is the Maillard reaction. And when the wood expands, the spirits in the cask migrate into the wood and they absorb the various chemicals from the wood and it mixes together with an ethanol to create the blend that creates the uniqueness of the spirit. But the casks can also suck in or absorb water in the atmosphere and all of this complex chemistry is what makes barrel-aged spirits so good. You take that and combine it with sloshing around on the ocean and fairly rapid changes in temperature and humidity, and you're going to get a well-rounded spirit, or at least a well-aged spirit. Linea Aqua V 
is described as very smooth, and I will say as I've been drinking this during this episode, it is indeed very smooth. And oftentimes the smoothness described from wood-aged spirits may have to do with the fact that over time, ethanol molecules tend to cluster together, and when they come in contact with water, the clusters will increase while also bonding with other volatile molecules, which make them less volatile. This may then allow the ethanol to be less apparent on the nose of the spirit, and this may be the underlying chemical reason why a spirit is described as smooth. And again, credit is due to the book Proof, The Science of Booze by Adam Rogers for this chemistry lesson. In my copy, it's referenced on pages 119 and 120. All that chemistry aside, whatever happened chemically to the Aquavit on the first voyage back in 1805, they definitely wanted to repeat it. And the best way they figured they could do that was simply ship it to nowhere again. And today, once the Linea Aquavit comes back to Norway, it is basically blended to bottle proof and ready to sell. One of the nice features of this bottle of Linea Aquavit is that their marketing folks have been doing a pretty good job in my estimate. There is an AR app that you can download for iPhone users. It's only iOS, no Android, if you've got a 6 or newer iPhone. But the website will allow you to download the app from the App Store and once you launch it, you scan your bottle with your phone's camera. First thing it does is verifies the shape of the front label to know that you're actually scanning Linea and not some random bottle of whatever spirit you have. Next, you're asked to match an outline of a bottle on your phone's screen with the bottle in front of you, and you tap to confirm when you've lined it up, and then you get a cute cartoony world that appears before you, and it's AR, which is augmented reality, and it's centered around your bottle of Linea. A cartoon version of Jorgen Lusholm introduces himself and invites you to move your phone towards a few floating islands to see an interaction and hear him narrate the scenes. There are six scenes in total, and you'll spend perhaps five minutes with it, but I think it's a clever bit of marketing and really adds to the brand experience of Linea. And to be honest, you don't even need to buy it to try it out. Just download the app and go to your liquor store, scan the bottle. and and play around with it a little bit. So on to cocktails and basically the enjoyment of Linea Aquavit. How do you drink this? Linea can be mixed, but honestly, the way they drink it in Norway is the way I've been drinking it during the show, which is just neat at room temperature. Linea did hold a contest a couple years ago for bartenders to come up with cocktails that use the spirit, and they've got some YouTube videos showcasing those, and they seem all well and good, but there's not really a key cocktail that Linea Aquavit is known for, or really any Aquavit for that matter. It is said to be an excellent complement to seafood or dark beer though. So in summary, what do I think of Linea Aquavit? I'm surprised by this. I really enjoy it. It's a a flavor profile I wasn't expecting in liquid form, to be honest. I wasn't expecting a drink to taste so much like rye bread, but the caraway flavor really comes forward to me. And it's a great addition to my liquor collection and a different change of pace. So if you have the occasion to try an Aqua V, Linea is probably a great one to start with. Uh, It is well regarded and should be available pretty much wherever you are. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Show notes are on liquorandliqueurconnoisseur.com. You can also find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. The show is also on social media. I tend to post most of my photos on Facebook and Instagram, so follow me there. 
please leave me your feedback. If you got a particular spirit you would like me to try, please reach out and let me know. And thank you for listening. <laughs>